Hey guys, GBC podcast number 54. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. You, last week was a rough week. I know. I was like <laughs> on the way to do the podcast and Shane's like, oh, it don't feel so good. Yeah, I tried. I got up, put my blue jeans on, put a shirt on, got the kids to where they needed to be, was in the car rider line with Marshall. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back home. I'm going to have, yeah, well, so the stomach bug kind of went through the church um, last week. <laughs> really but isn't did. it amazing as a parent what you can do when you're sick? Oh, absolutely. It's like absolutely. you can do anything, I, unfortunately. No, I will just, say I don't like it. No, I don't like it. I'm no. like, I don't want to be a parent right now. I don't no. want to take I, I don't want to do anything. But you remember like in college, you know, you didn't, you had like the slightest headache or something, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't go to class or, or whatever. Yeah. But uh-huh. as a parent, I was thinking, you know, there's no off days. No, there's not. Not if you want to be a good parent, right? Like you still got to get up and do what you got to do well, regardless. They have to go to school. Right? I mean, like I'm right. just, it, it just develops perseverance and all the things, but it's so hard. Oh, for sure. And even Hannah at the, at the, she's like, you know, I'll take the kids. You want me to take the kids? But no, I got this. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's and like then, moms at the grocery store. I don't know about you, but I'll carry so many bags. Like I'm not going to take the cart out. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. I may have a kid on my hip and like 12 bags. I'm like, I don't need any. <laughs> I'm totally fine. I got this. That's how it is. But we're back, and I'm good, yeah. and you're good. Everybody's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really glad. Listen, we were talking about um, uh, people in your life that might say something. Um, they might be calling you out mm-hmm. in a nice way, mm-hmm. and they might start it by saying, I want to say this in love, or something like that. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's slightly different. And uh, we started talking about Job. Yep. And how his friends were kind of, what's the word, saying things that were right, but maybe not so nicely. They were not friends after God's own heart. Is that the best way to say it? Ah, but maybe. They were certainly... You're not God. <laughs> I, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they were friends after God's own heart, but I think one of the lessons that is easy to overlook in all the drama of Job, right? Because there's so much that happens to Job. I mean, Job's life gets totally ripped apart by Satan at work, you know? Um, and um, Job is this this faithful man of God that God knows from the, from the get-go that, you know, no matter what happens, so long as you don't, you know, basically, you can't kill Job, I think is what God tells the, the, the devil. Um, but no matter what happens to him, you know, Job, Job stays faithful, and Job questions. He's got a lot of questions, and he's he's trying to work through some things, but he he remains faithful all the way to the end. Meanwhile, you've got these three characters, and throughout Job, that are friends of Job, that are speaking truth, right? But they're doing it in the wrong way, and that's what ultimately, by the time I think you get to Job chapter forty-two, that God calls out um, his friends. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I can, I can read this passage. I think I can read this passage if I've got it in here. I thought I had it. Um, oh, lost, lost what I had. Um, anyways, Job, it's in Job chapter 42, I know. Um, and then I, and when God ends up calling him out, oh, right, here, I've got it back up. Um, after the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. What's crazy is, is that if you look at what they have said, specifically in Job chapter 22, but if you look, I mean, you know, pick it, you've got one point up here from Job chapter 8. What they are saying is true, but they have done it with the wrong heart and the wrong motive and in the wrong way. 
And what God says about them is they have not speaking the truth about me. Why? Because what they said was right, but they did it in the wrong way, and God is calling them out on it. He's rebuking the friends of Job for it. Okay, well, I fast. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Job chapter 8. This is funny. Your words are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? Goes on down. But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty, if you will go to God, dude, come on. If you are pure and upright. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, but, but consider it as a whole. So, so you know, th- this is a conversation between Job and one of Job's friends. Um, and all these, again, you know, horrible things are happening to Job. And not just his stuff, to his whole family, right? Um, to his children, uh, to his spouse. I mean, bad things are happening. And so the Bildad, um, one of his friends, says, how long will you say such things? Because, you know, Job is talking about how great God is um, and how mighty um, God is. And, um, you know, like he's talking about some of these incredible things. Anyways, so he's like, your words are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Mm-hmm. Does he? No, he doesn't. Does the Almighty pervert what is right? And the answer is no. And everybody in this story knows that, including the man. You know, he's not saying that God does. He's saying that, no, of course he doesn't. And then he says, when your children sinned against him, against God, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin because that's, you know, sin's not going to go unpunished. This is Old Testament. This is before the cross, right? So, yes, um, sin must be atoned for, and Jesus hasn't atoned for sin yet, right? But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. None of that's untrue. Well, is it a situation? I just wrote this down. Let me ask you. You can't deny what they're saying, right? That's what we're saying. Like what they're saying is right. So maybe what your friend is telling you is true. However, who it's coming from is the problem. Is it? Is that the situation? I mean, I think not only is it, it it's 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 how they're going about saying it, right? Because that's what that's what God calls out finally in chapter forty two, the the things they are saying about me, about like the the method in which they're doing it, the how behind what they're saying. That's that's what's wrong. Because you can again, you can say the right thing in the wrong way and mean it for harm mean it to separate, mean it to divide, um, and God doesn't honor that. Like, that's not, that's not okay. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think that, that uh, Christians sometimes, um, if, they, if they're really Christians, or at least people who call themselves Christians, can say something that is, that is true and do it in a way that is not helpful. Um, and do it in a way that really is not loving, regardless of, of the excuse behind mm-hmm. um, behind it. Well, I totally I totally agree with that, but I'm also coming at it like um, God uses so many uh, characters. I don't want to use, say characters, real people in the Bible that yeah. are are unlikely suspects. I should say mm-hmm. are the unlikeliest of people. They are sinners, and they are people that probably didn't make the best decisions, but God is still fulfilling his promises through them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think about that like today, and it makes you feel so unworthy. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) It makes you feel so unworthy. You're like, I'm I'm such a sinner. Why would anyone want to hear what I have to mm-hmm. say? Like I, f- I feel like Job's friends. You know, I'm I'm sure I go about it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, ask my kids. Well, so what you just leaned in there, and we're, I'm going to shift us away from Job now for a minute, um, and maybe for the rest of our podcast. But David, for example, you know, we were talking about David before we started um, videoing. 
David, you know why David's the king? No. David is not the king because he worked so hard at it. Okay. Right? David's not the king because he's the son of a, of a previous king. David becomes king because God chose him. Oh, yes. God picked him. God may, David has a kingdom because God gave him a kingdom, right? David is the king because God anointed him to be the king. Oh, by the way, when he was a little boy, right? Um, so David didn't go through king training camp. He didn't grow up as a son of a king, right? Um, he was not in line for the throne. David became the king because God made him the king. Right. That, when, when, when God says to David um, that I... You're, through you, I will make your throne endure forever. I will put a son on your throne that will reign forever. Right? This is this is one of the messianic titles for Jesus, son of David, because he's the one that's going to come through that line. That's not because of anything that David did or did not do. It's not because he was so good, and it's not because he was as good at, at correcting himself. It is because God made a promise. Mm -hmm. um, so. I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this to come back no, to the foundational point is always our Heavenly Father. The foundational point is always that relationship with God. The foundational point for all of it. So even being able to say truth, to come back to that, you know, someone saying something to you and, um, you know, I, I, I got to tell you something, but I'm, just, no, I'm sharing this out of love. Um, well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Who knows? But that's always a great, if you want to try to get someone to listen to what you want to say about them, I'm, I'm telling you this out of love. Um, yeah, that's always a great way to start it. Um, I'm sensing sarcasm. Please. Yes, right? definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally being sarcastic. Um, but ultimately, regardless of where that's coming from, to be able to receive that, to be able to process that, it's got to come back to that foundational point. We talked before, maybe even a few weeks ago, about taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and submitting and that back to the to yeah. the Word of God. Well, taking every every phrase, what, you know, taking what has been spoken to you in love, um, captive, and maybe it's true and maybe it's not. Because sometimes, sometimes maybe there's merit to what's being said, and sometimes there is no merit at all, and it's coming from a place of misunderstanding, of misconception, of misperception. Um, it's coming from um, a lot of places that maybe aren't good, and it needs to be dismissed. But I guess what I'm coming back come, or coming around to is uh, you don't have to dismiss it immediately and you don't have to receive it immediately. T take a moment, take it captive, yeah. process it, work through it, and if you can be transparent with yourself, and hopefully we are learning to do this or we have learned to do this, especially when it comes between ourselves and our Heavenly Father. Get along with God. Let's work through something. Let's process through something. And let's see, is there merit to what's being said? Mm -hmm. Is there some merit to what's being said? You know what, they're right about, they're wrong about that, but they're right about this part. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, are we, are we confident and comfortable enough with who we are in Christ to be able to receive it and do something with it? Or to be able to say, you know what, thank you, but I, I, I'm not receiving that, or maybe you don't even have to say that, but in our own hearts or as we're, as we're processing it and know, okay, I, that's not true about me. You know, they said this, this is who I am, but this is not who I am. I, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm not whatever they're trying to, to portray on me, if that's making any sense whatsoever. No, it totally does. And you said something before we started that I wrote down, um, that we shouldn't discount what someone says just because of who they are. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, you you look at the Bible and it's backed up time and time and time again by people that are less than perfect but doing really great things 
because God, that was God's plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, to go back to David, it, you know, David is a man after God's own heart. He's not perfect, and he does make so many mistakes. But one of the things that you can glean from David, if you're looking through his story as a whole, is that David will eventually come around and do the right thing. Again, not that he's perfect. I mean, he makes so many, so many bad mistakes, so many horrible mistakes. But I don't think that, that, that we take that and look at David and just kind of discount him and, no. and yeah. discount everything. About, I mean, God chose him. God knew all that he would do and chose him anyways, mm -hmm. which is powerful about the grace and the mercy of God. But because of David's character, he might be wrong for four years. And I'm thinking of a specific example from 2 Samuel chapter 18. He may be wrong for a long time, but eventually David will come back around and he will do what is right. Because again, he's a man after God's own heart. But look at the grace of God in that. Mm -hmm. look, at the, look at the patience of God in that. That God's going to bear with you for four years. I know. Or eight years. Or 14 years. Or however long it takes well, to bring you back to him. Sorry, sometimes it's not real clear to when, when you're reading the Bible just how long these um, guys right. and girls have had to wait for something to be fulfilled to them. Yep. And so we sort of don't realize how how much time, time has passes. passed. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a really good point. Um, I had something else too. Like sometimes when, when you're so focused on like the heart and the mind, you know, we're reminded that your feelings can kind of lie sometimes and you always say you know it's the intentionality of of your heart and mm -hmm. so I think you always have to butt that up against scripture and um, the second thing I was going to say is like what are, like your identity in Christ like what are what are we doing when we feel the closest to God do more of that and then I think you always find your answer yeah that's just me talking I'm not a preacher okay <laughs> no I, I think that's 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 it right and it's it's in it's in doing that it's in taking that time that we get to that point yeah. You know, and rather than just, again, I think taking something for face value um, for the moment and then just going one way with it or the other. Um, I just think like like in today's world, um, a lot of a lot of experts are emerging, right, mm -hmm. because of social media and how much we're on our phones and stuff. And so sometimes like you hear stuff and you're you're just not sure or. It sounds really good, yeah. you know, or, or, or whatever. And so I, I think like now more than ever, we have to be so connected and, and it just can be hard. There's so many distractions, which I know the enemy, but do you know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. like, do I believe this person or do I not? And look at their history. And then you're like, God can use anyone. So sometimes you're just confused. For sure. And I think that sometimes, like sometimes we want to discount what someone has said or what somebody said in the past that might've been right or or that maybe be true or something that got spoken to you um, based off of where they are today yeah, or based it, off of a disagreement yes, that you had. And yes. so we want to discount everything. And I think that's crazy. Um, I, I'm going to use an example that um, if you've been around the church for a while um, on, in like more than a decade, I guess, and, and know about who I'm about to talk about, then you'll be able to, to receive this real quick. So, but I want to use this, this real world example and then I'll use a biblical example to, to, to make my point. Do it. Um, so there's a guy uh, named Rob Bell. Rob Bell was huge in the um, um, in the evangelical world there for a while, and Rob did some amazing things. And I was a huge Rob Bell fan. You he have got like his, a couple of his books. Got 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 both of his books. Got them signed by him. Went to a conference. Um, you know, if he was speaking nearby, like I I, went, I took youth to see him. Huge Rob Bell fan. Loved the way he taught. Loved the way. I mean, what I know about about um, 
what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Most of it, I have to say, I learned first from Rob Bell. Um, and then I would go to the sources that I later found out that he used and learn directly from those sources. Um, so a guy named Ray Vanderland, who is incredible when it comes to that Jewish Christian, like understanding those roots. But anyways, um, but now Rob Bell and I today, we do not agree theologically, right? We are on two totally different, you know, spectrums. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think most people would argue that Rob has walked away from those evangelical roots that he grew up with and had, and has gone way away from that. Um, way, way, way away from that. But um, so now, we, you know, he and I will not agree together theologically. But does that take away from what he spoke that was true ten years ago? No, it, this, this is my is point. Yeah, right? Point. Like what what I learned from him about what it means to be a disciple, mm -hmm. not just a believer, but be a disciple, all of that is 100% still true. Right. It doesn't make it untrue because he decided to go in a different direction. Now, I'll make a point. How many of you watching will discount Proverbs, will look through the Proverbs in the Bible and say, yeah, I can't believe any of that? Because you know who wrote them, right? Solomon. Now, Solomon was considered to be the wisest man who ever lived. Right. So God, you know, it's even written in the Bible. God's so pleased with his servant Solomon because of all the things Solomon could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. wisdom. And so God gave him wisdom and he started writing it down. But do you know what Solomon ends up doing? He ends up basically violating the three things that God says, do not do this. Basically, obey me, listen to me, follow me, I'm going to make your kingdom last forever. Here's a couple things. Heads up, because I mean... Obviously, God knows all about us, right? right. Heads up, Solomon. Um, don't build your empire on the backs of slaves. Don't don't buy um, military equipment from foreign armies to bolster your army. Don't make alliances with people. Oh, um, don't marry women from other nations. You you like. Have all your wives and concubines that you want, just like your father did. But let's keep this with Israel. Don't start making friends with your enemies that surround you because they follow different gods and you're going to be influenced. And what does Solomon do? He builds an empire on the backs of basically slave labor, forced slave labor. Um, he um, marries women from all the surrounding nations that ends up setting up for a divided kingdom. Um, and then by the time you get to like, you know, Rahab, everybody wants to talk about uh, Queen, uh, or not Rahab, sorry. Uh, Jezebel, um, oh, yes. the queen, you know, Queen Jezebel, um, I, you know, she is leading so much of Israel. So well, all this has its roots in Solomon taking wives from other nations. So, I mean, Solomon ends horribly. So should we discount everything that that's written in Proverbs? Because, yeah, it's in our B-I-B-L-E, but Solomon wrote that. Do we discount all that's, of it? It's a great point. No, exactly. So I think that, you know, you've got to consider what's being said. You have to consider um, what is being spoken or the wisdom, but you've got to submit it to the Word of God. And I think that you've got to bring it back to that, and that's got to be the foundational thing, regardless of who it's coming from. No, I love that you were able to give us a real-world example, like even if you're not super familiar with Rob Bell, because I'm really only familiar with him through Shane. I, I know the backstory or whatever. Um, and then bringing up Solomon, I'm like, who doesn't love King Solomon? And then you just kind of threw in all the other stuff. And I wasn't even thinking about how it all ended. I was just thinking about how amazing he was. Isn't so, that funny? Oh, it's so funny. Somebody, um, somebody left our church one time uh, because, uh, yeah. because I have T.D. Jakes, uh, a couple of T.D. Jakes books on my, 
on my uh, bookshelf. How dare you? And we have we have met. Um, and I'll just I love TD Jakes, and if anybody listen knows him and sends this to him, like I, I, I like TD Jakes. Fan. I, yeah, I, I wish I could. I wish I could text him, pick up a phone, say, get advice him. from him. Like I think he's, I think he's great. But um, there would have been a, a time when people would have said, "Well, you can't, you can't, you know, you know, you guys aren't aligned theologically based on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or something like that." Well, we are. At least today, I know that you know. I think you know theologically, we, we walk in alignment. Um, um, for sure, but there would have been a time that apparently we we weren't. Um, so do you discredit everything um, that that he says because you disagreed on something theologically? Well, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that's that's okay at all. Um, oh, by the way, I don't know at all. Like I don't have it one hundred percent figured out. Um, and where there is disagreement on some theological issues. One of us is right and one of us is wrong, or both of us is wrong, or, or something's going to happen like that. I mean, I listen to Dr. Al Mohler almost every morning. I listen to his, but he and I don't agree theologically, even though I went to Southern Seminary, which he's the president of. But he's a five-point Calvinist, and I'm a three-point Calvinist. So just because we disagree theologically, that doesn't mean there's any wisdom to be gathered from that person. That doesn't mean that there's anything that you can't learn from. No, absolutely not. Well, and it's even a little bit like um, we were sitting in Bible study last night and someone said, you know, I was so ashamed for such a long time to admit that our marriage was in a really bad spot for several years and that there had been an affair. And she was like, but then I realized the more I shared about like that that portion, she's like, it didn't make me like um, someone that didn't know about marriage. Just yeah. because something like that happened, it made me have like more more seasoning and more wisdom <laughs> and more more things to be able to minister to others. And so, like, it made me think sometimes. Like sometimes I say the f word, Shane. You've heard me say it, and I don't do it all the time anymore. But it's, Frank, Frank. Yeah, I have an affinity for the word Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you think, you know, you 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 try to like. You try to be like what you're supposed to be and like walk the walk. You know, I'm always like preaching to my kids about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's the one that they have memorized besides the armor of God. Okay. There's yeah. like the two things that I can take to my grave saying that like I have done right. <laughs> Don't but then I I mean out of one side of my mouth comes Frank. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, does it discount like everything that I have taught my kids? Mm-hmm. No. No, no, but it still doesn't sound nice. No, that, that's 100%. And um, and I think that's what we do with other people, though. It, no, it is. That's why I'm bringing it up. I'm like, you know, you, you, you talking about, like, the theology and stuff like that, I'm like, I have nothing to say about any of those things because I am not well taught in that way. But what I can tell you is that I feel like if I cuss at all, I'm going to be discounted as anyone who can talk to you about God. Yeah, and I mean it's a whole other podcast for another time, or oh. you know another sermon for another time. Goes. But <laughs> no, but I think like when it comes to language, then um, I can make all kinds of argument. And I mean I've I've been in the army for the same amount of time that I've been pastoring or been in ministry. Um, so that's since 1999. Um, and um, you know, I, I I tell people, you know, some people disagree with me. And that's fine. We can we can we can always disagree um, about it. But when you know when a when a sergeant says, um, "Get on the truck," everybody get on the truck, and nobody listens. And then he uses some colorful language, like Frank. Um, hey, yeah, get on the Frank truck. Um, and then all of a sudden, soldiers start moving. You were like, um, "Listen," you're like, "Yeah," like it's 
It is, uh, they're communicating <laughs> in a way that is moving them, but they're not, um, but, you know, but I would argue they're not using it in a, um, uh, they're not cursing, right? right? They're not like personally saying, yes, I know what you're saying. So, and here's what I mean by that. If you started calling me toothpick because I'm skinny and you're meaning that because I, as a, like a derogatory, like you, you know, you should be more muscular, you should be bigger, you should weigh more. I mean, uh, if you're a tall guy and you know, you weigh uh, 170 pounds, you should weigh like 180 pounds. Um, you're a toothpick and you started, and you started using that, yeah. um, and, and saying that over and over again or, or whatever, you know, Hey, what's up toothpick? Here you come. I'm totally um, going to call you toothpick. Yeah. So yeah, whatever you can call me toothpick. Um, but if you're, if you're saying that and that's the heart behind it, that's the intent behind it, that's a curse. So it may not be a four letter word that people don't like to use, but that's a curse. So when you use language to hurt somebody, when you use language um, to tear them down, to rip them, that is free. a curse word, regardless of what the word is. I feel free. So now at the same time, I mean, I think it could be argued about the, the perception, um, you know, um, all those kinds of, I mean, there's not the, very ladylike. You know, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not black and white. You know, is it, you know, does it, is it going to, is it going to hurt your witness? Or is it going to help your witness? Like there's arguments to be made there. So, you know, it, it's not a black and white thing, but in context, when, when a drill, when a drill sergeant says it, when a sergeant says it, yeah. when an officer says it and he is communicating to get soldiers to move, well, he's not cursing them. Yeah. No, you, that's you know, a good point. he's actually leading them and shepherding them. Now you may not, it may not work well at Kroger. It may not. It may not go over well on a Sunday morning in the sanctuary to get people to leave the sanctuary, no. but it works very well um, at a formation, um, and you need soldiers to move from a point A to point B. Well, I think I think like when we try to apply these things to our lives, we're always just like thinking of how others are listening and hearing. You know, of course, I always apply for like how I'm mothering my children, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and so um, to your point about Solomon and you know Rob Bell and everything that we've talked about today, like I'm I'm I now know, and I've always known, but especially now since we just talked about it, that the words that I am te like the things that I teach my kids are not discounted by the mistakes that I make. That's and right. By, like the the human, like I'm I'm a human in this like body, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to do the best that I can. And I think that that accounts for quite a bit. A hundred percent. That's, I mean, that's, that's the grace in it. That's the, that's, and, and maybe for, for some of us, that's just the perception of it. Cause again, we know this. I'm pretty sure I didn't teach anybody anything today. Yes, you did so. No, yes, no. I, I just, if, if anything, I hope what I did was change the perception on on the way we see things. Because you already knew. I mean, if anybody watching has ever been to a funeral, there's a really good shot that you heard Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. People love it. And old ladies got it crocheted and, and stitched and hanging on walls and all kinds of stuff, right? Coming from the man who sleeps with another man's wife and then has the man killed in battle. He wrote the 23rd. David wrote the 23rd Psalm, and that's the same guy no, it's, that is at watching. At my funeral, will you say that? I just need, I need to talk about the real David. Right. Because I want to be real. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always want to be real, and I appreciate, I know it's taken us this long to get to the point, not the point, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I think I think people are tired of, perfection or the, the what looks like perfection in our minds and I, I just want to be real well I think we become more loving 
and more kind and more patient and more gracious and more merciful. Oh, more like Jesus? Because that's what we're called to be, right? This is his way. This is the way that we're called to walk. I think when we can remember those things and realize those things and think about those well, things, like, like we <laughs> extend unbelievable grace to David. Yeah. Um, you know, because his words are written the B I B L E, but we extend unbelievable. We 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 extend grace, and we don't even think about it. We accept the twenty third Psalm as as the word of God, because it is, by the way, the word of God. But it's coming from an imperfect man who would have done things that you don't want your daughter to do, no, and uh, you don't want your son to do, right? We don't it's want so that. True. But we, and so I mean, now take that that application and apply it to your son. <laughs> apply it to your daughter. Apply it to your coworker. Apply it to your boss. Apply it to the person that you're struggling with right now for whatever reason. Um, you know, we can, we, can, we can get to a place where we want to treat people real nasty, and real ugly, and be very unchristlike towards them because we're fed up and our limits have been pushed. You know, you name it, whatever it is. But probably hadn't always been that way. I mean, you're friends with them for a reason. And things yeah. have not always been off. And you were okay at one time. And some things are okay. And then, you know, the enemy uses little things like that, gets under our skin, and we forget, and we are just recalling what we don't like or don't remember, and, and it's, 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 um, it's becoming foundational for the reason why we're acting unchristlike towards them. Um, I actually just wrote down, I didn't finish what you said, but you sort of said it, like you can't, you can't define somebody by every single action that they that they make because mm -hmm. we're, we're all just human but like the overall picture is this person like been telling the same story you know overall for like you just said like the little small grievances are not what we need to focus on but overall is this person you know whatever fill in the blank so yeah. oh, as you said you 100%. just can't define someone like don't you put that label on me don't don't yeah. don't i'm not always this way i'm not always this way so well something that i've said many times um and if you're still with us and still watching they are um, if, if you are not tuned it out yet They're so I, good. I got this from from the bishop um td jakes um and i'll say something along the lines of but this is where i learned it from something along the lines of i may have said it but i that's not who i am i may have done it but that's not who i am oh. Well, I learned that from the bishop, right? I learned that, um, I learned the concept of I may have done that, and it was not Christ-like, but that's not who I am. I belong to God. I am a child of His. So I may have said it, I am a sinner, right? Um, and I'm not trying to excuse it, but I also have to recognize that's not who I am. Oh, may I have really done it, may that. have said it, not who I am. And so, um, you know, I think that's, that's speaking to what you what mm -hmm. you know, don't totally. define somebody by by what they said one time or what they what they did one time. And again, it's not to excuse their activity or even what they said. Frank. That's that's not what I'm saying. Frankly. I'm just <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm just saying um we might be foolish to try to define the person. You're so good. I, if it makes it in my notebook, it's gold. I may have <laughs> said it or done it, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll um, update these show notes because I know we went longer than normal. Thank you so much for watching. Yep, we'll see you next time. Okay, have a great week. Pull it off. You did great. You're so great. Oh my God, I'm sweating. That was really